Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, episode 38. David Irwin. This is where we talk convention culture, talk pop culture, comics, basically all the things that we get to see at conventions, which at this really tough time, uh, we're not uh, enjoying in real life nowadays. Um, we are going to get into a little bit of news at the back end of the show because we have some more uh, notifications about uh, several shows that have cancelled, but also a show which is uh, flying in the wind of all of things and uh, running ahead. We'll talk about Tampa Bay at the back end of the show. But everyone's jumping in, and we'd like to say thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us. We've got uh, Toby, he's saying hello. Morning, Leonard and all. Aaron is saying hello. Hola from San Diego. Mr. Into the Blue, Mr. Hi, folks. And Andrew English, hello all from uh, London. A couple of new faces as well. We've got Bunyan Snipe uh, joining us. That's uh, an interesting name. Hello there, uh, Bunyan. Welcome along. How is everyone? We are fine, although Andrew is saying I'm having con withdrawals. You have no idea, sir. You have no idea. But um, I think it's safe to say when it comes to uh, all the uh, things that we get to see and enjoy at conventions, it's, for me, uh, the uh, artists, the writers, and the publishers, those that bring uh, some exciting stories and explain them to us in person right there so we can uh, interact with uh, the uh, creatives behind these uh, amazing stories. Um, Heavy Metal is a magazine which I didn't read growing up. Um, I was straight into the 2000 AD model. Uh, I was uh, reading that as a kid and then went into American comics, fell out a little bit and then kind of came back in. But Heavy Metal is something that I approached um, as an older reader. Mostly I think because I see it very much in the same regard uh, as a DJ uh, when I look at all my music interests. I didn't uh, listen to Pink Floyd until I was older because it was a more of a maturer. It was a more um, richer and a little bit more daunting uh, <laughs> book uh, than uh, some others on the shelf. But heavy metal uh, has so much of a, a rich influence when it comes to the uh, com uh, comics landscape. And it's a pleasure to have David Irwin joining us. Hello, David. Hi. Hello. Uh, we can indeed. Uh, I mean, hopefully that intro uh, wasn't... Uh, <laughs> it, oh, didn't put, no, no, no. it didn't put you down in your eyes. No, I think it's great. No, because the uh, even you know when I I uh, first experienced heavy metal, it was one of those things you kind of kept away from your your you didn't want your your parents seeing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's so it always had that danger or that dangerous edge to it or or kind of like the uh, um, uh, and even you know I couldn't understand a lot of the stuff I was reading, but but the the, the illustration was always beautiful, and, and uh, there has had some, uh, always, you know, because it's an anthology, there's always something that you're going to find in there sure. right, that you're going to be able to connect with. So I, they, think, I think also with the heavy metal as well, I think it was just the, I mean, 2000 AD um, for me growing up was a perfect pulp kind of uh, magazine. It was something that was clearly... I mean, there was some incredible talent involved, but it was it was real kind of chipping away at the, uh, the the cliff stone. It was getting a book out, and you can tell there was this real grit under the nails when it came to to something like 2000 AD. With heavy metal, it's a lot smoother. The quality and the uh, the, the sheer it's a it's a whole other level when it comes to uh, the the people behind. Uh, when you you see the the, the, the books that uh, uh, the strips that heavy metal have put out over the years. Yeah, but 2000 AD is a pretty damn good stepping stone because, you know, even uh, Simon Bisley and artists like that have contributed to heavy metal and are associated with heavy metal. Sure. Of course, you've had, you know, writers like Alan Moore and, and uh, this goes on and on as far as uh, 2000 AD and Judge Dredd, all those guys. I mean, that's, that, that feels very heavy metal. So, you know, you're, 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 I don't think it was too much of a leap for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think first things first, then, uh, to introduce yourself uh, to our audience, people uh, who may not know too much about heavy metal, and also your own kind of uh, uh, introduction, your own uh, time with the, the magazine. David, the floor is yours. Yeah. Who, are you? who are you and what do you do? 
Well, uh, uh, Matt Medney, who's a friend of mine, who is the CEO of uh, Heavy Metal, and he approached me, I guess, late last year. And so together we've been working with uh, Heavy Metal for maybe about five months. And um, so it's been an incredible amount of uh, work that we've been doing and things we've been putting in place. So I'm very excited about that. But what I think enabled me is uh, for us to be able to do so much is the fact that, yeah, I mean, I do have a history in, in uh, uh, dealing with brands. And so prior to coming to Heavy Metal, I was the Transformers creative lead at Hasbro. And what that meant was that uh, they had brought me in and they had asked me to uh, build their Transformers universe. And that included to bring in their existing boys' properties like G.I. Joe, Micronauts, and so forth that kind of put it under this, this massive um, universe. And so I had to create what's called a, a universe Bible. And in that universe Bible, that meant uh, spending a lot of time understanding um, all the different characters. And one of the, the most extraordinary things I found was there wasn't a really a lot of, um, uh, yeah, you, you can say that's 35 years of history of Transformers and animation and, and comic books and so forth, but they didn't have anything like vulnerabilities. Simple, simple things. And so putting things in, in the, uh, putting a timeline together and putting in what's canon and bringing in more of the humanity and, and motivation and personalities. And, uh, and so that was, I'm spending a lot of time doing that. Then from there, was able to create shows like uh, Transformers Cyberverse, where I was able to start telling origin stories for the first time. Because kids don't know the origin stories of all of these different characters of Transformers. So it was a, an incredible um, position to have and, and, and kind of pivoting away from the Michael Bay Transformers. Like, sure. like you saw in the, I don't know if anybody saw it, but the uh, uh, Bumblebee movie. So bringing more of that, that uh, human element and, and relatability to it. Then prior to that, you know, 16 and a half years at DC Comics as the executive creative director, which is, uh, so working, um, and what that means is that at DC, it's a division of Warner Brothers, but, and it reports to theatrical. But the thing is that uh, since they own the properties, the way it works is that if you are Warner Animation and you want to do a Teen Titans cartoon, you need to license it from DC, even though it's all part of the family. And same with movies or home videos or you know, all the different divisions of how they want to use the property that has to be licensed. And then once the contract is done, that's when I, I would step in and I would have to um, build these, uh, help them build their businesses, help build the brand. So I was really, at the time when I started at DC, I think this is kind of uh, speaks to, to who I am in that I was, uh, um, we were not really well respected by Warner Brothers because they were all, they were, everybody was focused on Looney Tunes. Yeah. And then they were focused on uh, Scooby-Doo and all these other characters. And so I was out in LA all the time working with all these different divisions and really building our brands and building building, uh, uh, working hand-in-hand -hand with a lot of these different uh, uh, initiatives and different products that we're doing. You know, I was so much involved in, in managing the brand that one of the things that I, I did with, uh, which I'm proud of, is is during my, uh, on The Dark Knight, I would, uh, I directed all the shoots that you saw for Heath Ledger. So all the, the, the images that you've seen of Heath like for the movie poster and, and such, and uh, all the merchandise, that stuff that I directed. And um, because again, uh, I was so much about wanting to make sure that we really build these, uh, these brands to become a global brand beyond just an entertainment brand. I wanted to really build, build it into a, uh, a, uh, a lifestyle brand or just, uh, so anyway, Coming to uh, the heavy metal, 
it's kind of the same thing. I'm given the same chance again, you know, third time around, build a whole new universe. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing. And it's a lot of fun because there's so much fertile ground for us to, uh, uh, to explore. So uh, we started taking some of the stuff from our uh, archive and started building out their universes. And eventually we'll have our, our heavy metal universe with incredible uh, characters that stand on their own and have their own compelling stories. And then we're, then we're gonna roll it out into other platforms as well. Because one of the first things that uh, Matt was great about bringing in was a production, uh, entertainment production company that is working with us on movies and television. And that is, allows us to uh, really do amazing things. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can go on and on. We have so many things in the uh, in the pipeline right now. Because, well, I mean, what I was, I mean, I, I, just to explain, I mean, I, when I, it was a very open-ended question when I started, uh, which, uh, what you do, because it's about what you're going to be bringing to heavy metal, because I've been very aware of your history and certainly your time with DC. Uh, so I, I knew what your strengths were in that terms of uh, solidifying a brand and really kind of making a very strong message. Where do you think heavy metal needed that? Uh, because, like I say, I, I felt as a, a European reader, and I'm certain some American readers as well, see heavy metal as a cert in a certain way. Where, where do you feel that heavy metal needed to kind of just make a, a slight shift in direction? Well, I think what happened is that uh, over the years, I mean, it's always been a... Oh, hello? Yeah, over the yeah. years. Sorry? No, carry on. Sorry. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm in New York City, so sometimes there's there's like motorcycles and cars. <laughs> but the um, what uh, uh, I was, um, you know, heavy metal is a legacy brand, but I think over the last ten, maybe even twenty years, it's kind of lost its uh, place as far as being the influencer, right? Because other people kind of caught up, and. Yeah. When DC had Vertigo, right, then then they started bringing in a lot of people from uh, 2018, and uh, uh, and other and then independent publishing and so forth started doing more edgier stuff. So a lot of people started to catch up to where heavy metal was. So uh, the first thing that uh, Matt and I really uh, came together on is that we want to put it back in the forefront of leading uh, storytelling. And we are known, the brand is one of the few publishers that really represents certain genres, right? If I say, if, if you say heavy metal, you always think of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. But you say DC or Marvel or, or other ones, uh, then you think of superheroes, right? Yeah. Or if you think of the other publishers, you don't identify it with a particular genre. So we are really, doing a lot in making sure that we are uh, dangerous again, right? I want us to be that, 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 that alternative to the Pixars of the world because uh, a lot of the other, um, you know, the, the, the majors are owned by major studios and they have to answer to um, uh, different uh, rules and, and, and um, uh, shareholders, right? Sure. So, so they have to be a little bit more complacent, and but we want to be like the joke Joker movie, right? So the Joker movie just came out of nowhere, did a billion dollars, and that was uh, uh, something that I think Warner Brothers was really good about uh, supporting. But the um, those are tough. You're not going to see a lot of that happening with the studios, and so that's what we are. We we're, we're kind of like the we want to be there. We want to be, again, in the forefront of storytelling and influencers where, you know, uh, you take uh, Ridley Scott was influenced by heavy metal, uh, Zack Snyder, and it goes on and on down the list of all of these people who are creating uh, great movies and television shows today. They were, uh, a lot of them will say that they were influenced by heavy metal. So now we need to be back up there again. And that's what we're doing. I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you use the word legacy. I mean, heavy metal is certainly 
it's known for um, incredible creators um, and the influence that they uh, put out there with the, the strips that they did. And it was interesting that you mentioned DC Vertigo because I'd say that that the the certainly the golden years of heavy metal was around that time when DC Vertigo uh, came out. That real sense of uh, edge and uh, maturity when it comes to uh, uh, comics and what you could actually see on the on the pages. But it's interesting. I mean, certainly from what um, I've seen of what you're bringing with the new imprints and what uh, just the, the fact that you're involved, uh, that uh, Joe Illich is involved, that uh, there's a real sense of, okay, we have the legacy and that's fine. We're, it's 2020, we're here now, and heavy metal is wanting to take its place, rightful place, back on the, uh, the, the shelves. Yeah, and one of the things we're doing is also, you know, we're, we're going to go monthly after issue 300. Oh, wow. Because we're doing, uh, uh, which is a milestone, to hit 300. And then so we're going to be monthly, and already we're establishing to the retailers uh, uh, showing that we are consistent and we're able to deliver on time and meet our deadlines, and, and so, uh, and which is important to, to our readers and our fans to know that they can, they can uh, depend on our, our publishing to be consistent and constant and uh, because as you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of the uh, uh, such a creative-driven um, medium that it's difficult to to hit your deadlines all the time. So we have things in place to keep us, uh, you know, delivering on time on a monthly basis. As well as now, we're we're going to be rolling out uh, heavy metal comics, right? Because the magazine is just not enough. We yep. I want to have I want to have a heavy metal presence. Every week on that 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 you know new this week on the wall right so every week I want to have a new heavy metal comic book and then of course then you have the magazine every month and so we we have a strategy for that and we've been uh, really developing and working hard on getting that done and then you mentioned the imprint uh, uh, with the virus and because of the recent uh, you know, with the COVID and everybody sheltered in and all of the, these things that were happening then it was, well, how do we still continue to deliver uh, content to our fans? How do we do that? And um, so virus was something that, uh, that just came to mind. We had the infrastructure already in place. We had. The oh, I, I, I was going to ask, when did the name get put forward? Yeah, it was actually, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, so Matt, the CEO, was uh, telling, you know, uh, was going over, uh, we were discussing our printer. And then when he told me that our, our printer, because um, he was thinking about switching how we print our magazine from offset to, uh, to digital printing. And so I was questioning the... Uh, the quality of it, and then he had shared with me because Matt has a, a a company before Heavy Metal called Heroes that was doing um, uh, uh, comics for the music business, music industry, and music yeah. artists, and and so I had I have a number of these copies, and I didn't even realize these were not offset printed uh, comics. The quality is so good, and when he told me that, and I was like, damn, that means we can do comic books on demand. We can just print comic books as we get the orders, and uh, and then as we're discussing it, then to me it was the uh, I, you know, I came up with the name virus. I thought virus would be a, a strong, compelling name, and uh, um, and it, it's very fitting to heavy metal, right? So you you want that edge, sure. and we we embrace um, the name. And then I actually, uh, I mean, nobody really knows except for, for our team. But so even the logo, I ended up designing it and I'm building it in uh, Illustrator, right? So even the logo and so forth and just getting it. Uh, and, uh, and Matt is so good about taking something and just getting it done. So, so we had virus up and running in, I think, uh, six weeks. So it's a... Um, it's an amazing way to continue to deliver and offer content that may not necessarily um, 
fit into our magazine, you know, contextually, or because we only do a monthly magazine, and there's all this stuff. We get submissions all the time, and so we figured, you know what, let's do something different. Let's let's have creator-owned content, and let them share on the profit. So as soon as the uh, you know, if you sell one issue, you make money on it right away. So you know the uh, it's a uh, it's a different model in how we uh, publish these things because now it's delivered to the customer's door, and then when it's uh, as soon as uh, the the books are published on demand, the the creator gets a piece of the action. So from day one, rather than having to pay fees and all of these and waiting for for things to be recouped before they see anything, they get money from day one. So it's an amazing uh, uh, platform that I think that we've created. And then soon, I mean, you'll you'll uh, it, it's so it's such a compelling um, way of of publishing that. Uh, We'll be announcing later on, uh, but there's another publisher that I, I, I really respect that's going to be joining us as well, and and uh, so we'll be able to start offering their uh, library, and so I think this is very um, uh, kind of disruptive. Sure. Oh, and, I mean, it, it speaks volumes to that heavy metal attitude. Um, I mean, when the pandemic hit um, when the world was thrown into such disarray and when the it was it is such a it still remains such a, uh, a a tough situation for people to deal with and it is you know it is such a a tough landscape for us to a new reality to deal with it speaks uh, volumes about the attitude of heavy metal that you, you're still tipping the shoulder. You keep you, other com companies, other publishers could have changed the name. They could have possibly done some quick rebranding just to kind of take the edge off in this current landscape. But there was almost a, a t there's a tipping of the shoulder. There's a real leaning into some attitude, and that that, that speaks volumes. Uh, for what uh, what you've got planned for the uh, the imprint, I mean, we've got some four of the titles up on the the screen now. If we can kind of uh, talk about them, um, because I, I mean, I've seen the, uh, the the PDF that you sent me of uh, uh, one of the titles of the, of the red, which is just stunning. I mean, we'll start with that one, which is just. I mean, if you can quickly uh, talk to us about these books because they are just they're they're impre very impressive titles out of the gate. Yeah, the uh, it comes back to again the you know, heavy metal has been because of its legacy and the amount of people uh, throughout the world that have contributed to uh, heavy metal. We, we're we're vetting um, submissions all the time, and and then recognizing the fact that there's so much uh, content that's already been created, or maybe it was published uh, independently or it was published in another country and it really didn't have much of an American exposure and I think that's one of the things that Heavy Metal has been great at is introducing uh, new voices, new talent from all over the world to the English speaking uh, market and that is what happened with something like Red, which happens to be, I mean, it's, it's American bred, American born, and, and uh, uh, content uh, that um, uh, was independently published. And so it was a finished product, and we thought it, it, it met our, our uh, level of acceptance and quality. That, we, that was one of the first books that we brought in. And that's, that's the, uh, so a lot of the other books are the same way. And some of them are coming in from South South uh, South America, for example. And one of the you know we were uh, Matt and I were on the phone with a creator from Australia. Then we we're talking to another person from the Netherlands, and and uh, then uh, these uh, Italian publishers and so forth. So again, we're going to be using virus uh, to be able to kind of do what heavy metal does, and that's again bringing people who normally uh, 
don't have an opportunity to be able to share it to a broader audience who are incredibly talented, who have a, a unique voice and, and uh, interesting stories that I think that uh, uh, is worthy of being uh, shared. And so uh, that's what that the, the first four titles that you just showed is a result of that. And the uh, one of the things that we're also looking to do is being able to offer it uh, um, in their native language, which is going to be great. So now, you know, if it's from South America, then you'll be able to do a drop-down window and hit Spanish version and get the Spanish version of it, or you can have the English version of it, and you know, or Italian, or or how, you know, wherever the creator uh, originally wrote it for, you know, in their native language. So. Again, it's really that, that uh, uh, harking back to what I believe heavy metal has, has always been, the, this incredible uh, platform to introduce all these uh, amazing talents throughout the world. Where, where were the talents found? Uh, I, I mean, was it something that, uh, that you reached out and uh, had submissions come to you? Or was it something that you saw a talent out there um, that you felt that heavy metal needed to work with, that they needed a platform and approach them for their stories? Well, that's the great thing about being a legacy. Everybody's coming to you anyway. They're already knocking on your door. <laughs> and they've been, you know, and, and it's such an important part of, uh, uh, you know, so many creators who, um, and again, you know, there's a lot of creators out there who just, are, you know, they don't fit within the DC or Marvel um, mode, right? And so, uh, and if you, but heavy metal is that that uh, that alternative. That um, and then of course virus makes it even a, a bigger alternative. Excellent. Uh, sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'd be allowed, but I was going to try and possibly open up. Uh, the red um, uh, PDF, just so people can see at least the, the first couple of pages uh, from this book, because, uh, like I say, it is it's a stunning piece of create uh, creative work. Uh, so if I can, uh, actually, it's one of our best-selling books. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah one of our top-selling books uh, week after week. And that's a nice thing. That's the other thing too, which is nice, is that the. Uh, uh, and this one happens to be like a trade, it's a trade paperback. And um, so it's like a, it's a graphic novel. And the nice thing about having our platform, unlike a comic shop, I mean, we're, we're making these available for comic shops as well. But um, what's difficult for the creator, once the book goes out, then they tend to go onto the shelf. And the only way that you can that a uh, a customer coming into the store for the first time will uh, even find it on the shelf is if they're looking for it. So with virus, it allows people to to uh, see something that uh, you know might uh, you know pique their interest that they normally wouldn't have uh, noticed. In a, in, you know, on a shelf. Yeah, um, I think something that uh, a lot. I mean, we've been talking a lot on the show in previous weeks, and when we've had uh, publishers on, I mean, we've had uh, IDW come on, we've had um, uh, um, so uh, various publishers uh, come on, and uh, people who have been finding a real challenge uh, to get to their audience uh, during the light of the pandemic, and the timing is it can't it can't be easy for um, any publisher, including yourselves, uh, to reach uh, an audience. Um, what's the conversation been like in the, the heavy metal, uh, the, 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 the office, possibly postponing a little bit later when people have a little bit more uh, available cash or when they're, they're, it's going to be difficult to get uh, the, uh, the titles in their hands. And uh, it, yeah. for, a, for an imprint to make that impression straight out of the gate, that's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah, well, that, that, you know, uh, I would say for on our uh, magazine and the heavy metal comics, yeah, we're still going down the traditional routes with the traditional distribution channel. 
Uh, we're doing everything we can to support our, um, our retailers, the brick and mortar, um, and, um, and, and of course, yes, we've been affected as well. Sure. Of the, um, you know, what we would, you know, even you know, like Barnes and Noble, because the magazine distribution, uh, is, is hurt by this as well. So it's a, it's a, um, it is challenging and, uh, but we're, we're very optimistic and that's why, uh, I think because we're such a small publisher, we can move quickly sure. and, uh, and act uh, and, and kind of, uh, pivot when we need to. And, um, but the challenges we face are the same challenges that all the other publisher are, are and, and, and this pandemic hasn't helped because publishing has always been a, a, a difficult business sure. in, in the last couple of decades, really. And, um, and ever since the, the demise of all these uh, bookstores and graphic novels were everywhere, but now it's becoming more and more difficult to, to, uh, uh, to make a, um, an impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing a lot of different things, with, and, and you know, and Matt's incredible about uh, you know with our social media and and ways that we're trying to find other avenues to bring attention to our publishing, and that's why we have you know I think you've seen the announcement with Dylan Sprouse and and um, who came to us and had an incredible uh, story uh, that he wanted to. Um, uh, uh, have us publish because he felt that the only publisher who can do it justice is heavy metal because it's a very dark story and a very personal story for him. So once we all came to, uh, uh an understanding and we all, uh, um, we all kind of rallied around each other and started to, uh, work on, on his book as well. So it's things like that, you know, thinking out of the box. You know, Dylan Tom Dylan Sprouse is a is a Disney Disney star, right? Yeah. And then so and then then the then to put heavy metal on, you know, uh, yeah. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and uh, the Disney show, and that's such a dichotomy. And but only heavy metal can do that. Take sure. somebody somebody of you know uh, you know and, and also you know Dylan actually is a very very talented writer. Very talented, and cool. it's, uh, it's a strong story. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, we've got a number of questions, another comments uh, coming in on the the Q and A. Uh, thank you very much indeed to everyone for watching. Uh, any comments that you have, we won't be keeping David too long, but we'll get through as uh, many of these as we possibly can. Uh, Bunny and Snipe, like I say, new voice uh, uh, face to the uh, the show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I bought my first dozen or so at a church fate when I was eleven. Uh, so uh, they're talking about the how they uh, were introduced. To, uh, to heavy metal, um, uh, let's have a look into the blue mister. I think heavy metal was the first time I'd ever seen boobs in a yeah. comic book. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. That yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's probably where I was as well. Uh, so, Lister Smeg, always getting some quick questions. And did you find it cool that South Park did a spoof of the heavy metal movie, or did the fact that the episode revolved around cat piss lower your excitement? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, hey, hey, we were really happy to see that anyway. I mean, Tarna. It was Tarna. So, and uh, yeah, no, I mean, South Park is, happens to be one of our favorite uh, shows as well. But the, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I like to see uh, uh, if, if, if they happen to be watching this, please, <laughs> more heavy metal. Absolutely, more references to that. Yeah. Um, I think also, I mean, people who, I mean, we've got David Gallagher who's uh, watching, uh, very excited to uh, see what heavy metal do, does next. I mean, I think it's also interesting as well, I mean, if we can just bring it back up onto the, the screen, about the fact that you're bringing uh, an anthology uh, into uh, the comics uh, element of it. Um, when it comes to uh, doing an anthology, uh, I've spoken to uh, various publishers, and they are not easy to do. They're not easy to sell, uh, especially to the, the American market. I mean, Garbage Factory uh, has got some great talents involved. But um, I mean, what's what's been the, the approach for uh, for virus and for heavy metal for getting an anthology out there? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Anthologies are a tough sell; always have been. Um, 
same with television shows and movies, you know, anthologies are always tough. Uh, but that's what heavy metal is as far as the magazine side. That's why it was important for us to go into doing individual title comics. And as far as this one, uh, because we are, as, as a brand, um, recognized uh, offering anthologies, this particular one came to us from South America. And we and it was um, a, a bunch of short stories that could have lived in a heavy metal magazine, but again, because the magazine can only publish so many stories a month, it made sense that we take those collected stories and offer that as an anthology, along with the individual titles that we offer in Virus. Cool. I mean, the, 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 the titles look amazing. The artwork looks fantastic. I mean, uh, I'm really excited about seeing what you've got uh, coming down the pipe. And like we've said, um, just the way that you're, uh, the, I think the business model as well um, is uh, an interesting uh, take on it because it is that that hybrid of, uh, well, it's, it's taking the, uh, the kind of the image, uh, the business model and taking it really to the next step, that whole idea of um, really putting the, uh, the, not only the ownership, but also the the, uh, the profits very much in the hands of uh, the creators. And it really does bolster that real relationship between the creator and their work. Yeah. Uh, and that's exciting stuff. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say one last thing on, on in regards to the creators and, 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 the, and what I love about buyers and being able to, to share all of these different um, uh, uh, sensibilities and voices is, as you know, with the, uh, what I love about British writers. British writers have a completely different perversity, <laughs> right, than, uh, than, uh, than American perversity or Australian perversity or, or uh, you know, South American or, or Asian. Now every, it's, it's really amazing and interesting to um, see what, um, the what's you know underlining uh, fears and um, and or or, or uh, desires that kind of come out from these different cultures and so virus allows us to be able to, to to share all those different types of sensibilities. That's I mean okay I think that's the first time we've had the word perversity uh, said on the show so I mean I'm I'm down with that. Um, we are looking forward to uh, seeing these. I mean, like I say, I've seen the uh, the PDF of the red, and I'm really blown away by what I've read so far. But um, when can people see these on the shelves? When can people pick these up? Well, they're they're available now sure. on, uh, on our sites on the virus. Okay. And the uh, as far as when it goes onto the shelf with the retailers, we haven't started to solicit those yet through right. our distributor. We're in discussion with that right now because we didn't real, you know, we weren't, you know, uh, we were really focused on just our our mainstay, which was the magazine, and also coming out with these new heavy metal comic book. You know, we we have a Tarna comic book coming out, and we have. Uh, you know, something called Cold Dead War coming out, and and these and that's more of the traditional uh, uh, distribution channel, bookshelf, brick and mortar, um, and then and in order to do that, in order to get those orders, you have to go through uh, the traditional like Diamond and solicitation in their preview magazine, etc., uh, months out. And so virus is something that was really uh, a response to where we are today and, and being able to continue to uh, offer uh, great content to the fans who can't get to the comic shops. But now as the comic book shops are starting to slowly open up um, and, and Diamond is, is starting to do their distribution and publishers are starting to run the presses again, the uh, um, we've been asked by retailers as to can they get virus. So that was that was that wasn't even kind of on our mind. We were just thinking about our, our fans first. Sure. And readers first. But now that uh, we're getting a lot of interest from the retailers, then now we have to start thinking about okay, now we have to start soliciting it and making it available for the retailers. So it's a little too early to be able to say when red is going to be on the bookshelf, but it's a uh, but yeah it's in the works. 
I think it's because, um, like we we've talked about, um, the, uh, the 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 level of quality that usually uh, is seen in the pages of heavy metal. Um, I think people want to physically see these things. Uh, uh, they are looking for the next Mobius. They're looking for the next um, uh, title to come out of the pages and actually hold it in their hands. So I think that's the reason why. I mean, I'm really excited about the fact that you've got the uh, a, a book from Bob Fingerman on the way. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, Dottie's Inferno, which will be uh, coming through Virus. And also you've got Ron Mars uh, involved as well, who I'm a big fan of as well. So oh, yeah. I think it yeah. is a case of that that sense of um, the just holding something uh, that uh, creators like that are going to put out in your hands. I think that's what we're, we're looking for. Yeah, to. because, you know, and just to make it clear, you know, Virus is a physical comic, right? Yeah. It's not digital, so we don't make it available digitally. It's not comicology. Yeah. And so it's it's a physical comic book that's beautifully printed, beautiful covers, and the and but sent to you. Think of it as like almost like a, a movie on demand. Yeah. That instead of streaming, you know, we deliver it to your to your home, and uh, the physical copies. But to your point, once they start seeing it, once we get it into the stores and they start seeing it, then the uh, they I, they will be very, very appreciative as to the thoughts and the quality of the publishing. But virus will continue to live on because uh, there are a lot of, unfortunately, there will be casualties coming out of this, yeah. right? There will be retail casualty. And we want to be able to still be at least one of the publishers that you can still get our books from. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm excited to, uh, like I say, get hold of uh, copies of these books in my hands. Uh, like I say, I think as we've seen with uh, so many people uh, on the chat, really excited to see what how Virus does and what heavy metal has got coming down the, the pipe. It's been a pleasure talking to you, David. Thank you so much indeed for coming on. Thank you for your time. Thank quick, you to all the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You quick reminder, see. where can people best go? Because, I mean, we've had the... Um, uh, the uh, URL up on on this uh, page, heavymetal.com. Is it heavymetal.com slash virus? Uh, no, no, just heavymetal.com, and you'll find the uh, the link to uh, you'll find the banner for virus right there. Excellent okay. stuff. And I know it's heavy metal Inc on Twitter as well. Yes. It's you're all over on social media wherever you find us. David, thank you so much indeed for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and all the very best with uh, everything you've got going with heavy metal. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Excellent. Um, I mean, like, if we just bring up the the pages again, just so you can have a look at these things, it really does look like uh, an amazing set of uh, books. Um, I, I'm very, also very, very tempted to. Uh, I, I know I'm going to get incredibly told off for this, but I don't care because uh, I think you need to have a look at this thing because uh, what this book looks like. I mean, it. Like I said, with the heavy metal legacy and the way that um, the, the the books in the past have been put together, they're not just thrown together. And um, this is they've just they're going all out. They really are going all out with these books. Very very impressive indeed. So there you go. Check them out. Heavymetal.com. Uh, well worth um, uh, your time and attention, I think. And thank you very much indeed to David for coming on and talking to us. Um, we are going to be doing uh, our artist cup of tea of the day uh, we are also going to show you a couple of pages from a kickstarter we've actually already featured uh, yes we are going to repeat ourselves but before we do um i haven't i've been incredibly busy this weekend uh, because as several people know we have a little bit of a uh, uh, our own um <laughs> our own time with covid here in the house so we've been a little bit uh, distracted with one or two uh, issues with uh, family members. it's It's been awkward, but um, I have been a little bit distracted. The reason why I use that as uh, my reason, um, I haven't been keeping up with Facebook, um, and I haven't been keeping up with birthdays, uh, which means uh, I haven't been able to wish a couple of people. I don't know if they're watching now. Um, I know I haven't seen one name uh, roll by, but uh, if Sarita P watches this back, we want to wish her all the very best. It was her birthday, I believe, on Friday. Uh, Sarita has been a long-time supporter of the show. She's a uh, contributor to our passion. Um, she's just an amazing person, especially when it comes to she's kind of uh, dialed it back a bit, mostly because I think most pop culture has kind of 
uh, dialed back a bit at the moment. Uh, but she has in the past been really good at pointing stories in my direction. And um, she's just an amazing person. Sarita, want to wish you all the very best and a very happy birthday to you. And also uh, Desiree uh, Gazetta is uh, celebrating her birthday yesterday as well. Uh, basically, I just wanted to say to these two amazing women, Sarita uh, and uh, Desiree, happy birthday to you. Thank you so much indeed for uh, constantly being a, uh, a strong supporter. And it's always great to see Sarita showing up on the Q&A. She hasn't showed up today, so I'm guessing she's a little bit busy. But um, hopefully she's been making a whole weekend of uh, her special day. Uh, so all the very best to you. Happy birthday to you. Right. Um, what I meant by um, repeating myself when it came to the uh, crowdfunding spotlight um, is basically something that has already blown through all of its most of its targets, and it's now going into stratosphere mode, uh, which is Maddie, uh, this uh, the Once Upon a Time in the Future Kickstarter from uh, Duncan Jones and Alex DeCampi. Um, we've did featured this on. Uh, Wednesday show uh, as the uh, the crowdfunder uh, spotlight um, going out on Kickstarter. Like I say, it's doing absolute gangbusters with the numbers, so it doesn't really need selling. But I wanted to point out uh, some really cool um, artwork that uh, has been posted. Basically, if you've seen uh, some of the interior artwork from this, uh, Dylan Teague is doing uh, the uh, the artwork for the book. And I wanted to show you uh, some of the stuff that he's been putting online. So you can follow Dylan Teague on Twitter because he's been putting posts like this together. Um, I think I've covered interior art down the bottom, but you'll see it all kinds of comes across because what he is doing, he's also putting up uh, the uh, work in progress for uh, the actual pages uh, from black and white concept uh, to uh, colored to all the way through to uh, final uh, print version of what he's getting up to. Uh, Dylan Teague is doing the interior art for Maddie, and it's well worth checking out. Uh, it looks astonishing, and there's uh, a project uh, that was definitely well worth backing. Um, it ain't cheap. Um, it's certainly not one of the cheaper uh, comic uh, uh, outlays on uh, Kickstarter at the moment, but certainly the, the rewards you get are very impressive. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't received my email yet, but they are supposed to be doing kind of like uh, these video one-on-one -on -one, uh, kind of chats. So I'm hoping that I'll get my link relatively soon. Maddie, Once Upon a Time in the Future, do check it out. Um, uh, it just looks uh, an amazing book. And Dylan Teague is absolutely knocking out of the park at the moment in terms of what he's uh, doing with the artwork for this book. Do check it out. Right, uh, let's do then our um, artist of the week, uh, of this particular show, our artist cup of tea. This is someone um, oh, that has perhaps rolled by on my uh, social media and is really brightening up my uh, timeline, hopefully yours as well. And if you haven't, uh, or you're not following this person, hopefully that is somebody that uh, can really attract your attention. Uh, if possible, if you are following somebody that maybe I'm not, that is putting up artwork uh, on a regular basis that's really kind of brightening up your timeline and really showing some creative uh, juices flowing in these very tough times. Let me know. Uh, send me a message at uh, Englishman SDCC on Twitter. DM me on uh, Facebook. Do what you need to do to get these artist details to me and we'll showcase them on the episode. It's really that simple. Uh, the person I'm going to showcase today is uh, Stephen Byrne. Uh, Stephen is uh, an Irish artist uh, who has done uh, some great artwork for uh, some mainstream comics, uh, but he's very much known also for fan artwork as well, stuff that he does for himself. Uh, he did a really great bunch of uh, Jedi adventures, uh, sort of a Jedi, um, sort of like Ewok kind of stuff, um, really good Star Wars uh, mashups. He's done, he did a really good. Um, I think it was the uh, the Force Awakens. He did like a comic adaptation of it, completely unsolicited. He just did it off his own back, and he see he does a lot of that, where he kind of puts stuff out into the world. Um, if it gets picked up, fine. If it doesn't, I don't think he cares. It's just stuff to show and um, get people's attention and 
really get kind of the juices going and uh, everyone's really excited to uh, see what he does it's just gorgeous stuff i mean he's something that he's been doing in recent weeks is a marvel versus dc mashup which has been picked up by a number of uh, uh, sites uh just gone this is the dc marvel mashup you didn't know uh you wanted but just what he's done with it is just absolutely astonishing uh really gorgeous artwork i mean stephen byrne his artwork is off off the scale anyway uh but uh, what he's doing with the these uh, characters is just incredible if i could just uh, put that full screen so you can just see this um yeah it just looks incredible um really really accessible um just it's just gorgeous uh and well worth checking out uh on his social media uh but he's not uh, this is the the recent one that he uh, put up uh which is uh, batman versus wolverine and i mean look at it it's just it's it's dynamic it's colorful um he really knows how to lay out a page but the great thing about steven is he's also putting up uh how those pages are putting together and how he creates the artwork um for himself uh, and for his fans uh, so he's very open when it comes to his work in progress stuff which led on to this which uh, kind of uh, came out this i i mean I, I don't know how long i'll show of it but it's a two minute video that he posted on his twitter feed um going through step by step this uh, incredible spider-man piece that he's, he's done um showing the process of uh, how he uh, composes his pages how he gets the uh, the character design right um how he uh, really gets his lines as clean as he possibly can and really shows some quick dynam dynam dynamism i don't know if that's even a word but that's the word i'm going to use of um just some I, I, i'm breathless just watching it but he gets in there and um, as you've, if you've seen Stephen's work before, you also know just how uh, strong his lines are. But he does it, and he comes at it from a real um, detail perspective. Uh, it's a, a real strong sense of character. Um, I mean, we're getting into uh, the the final stretch. I mean, you can see just the uh, the level of detail he puts in, and uh, care and attention to uh, perspective. Oh, okay, I'm starting to feel a bit sick. Ah, oh, there we go. And into the coloring process we go. Um, and I think it's safe to say he absolutely knocks it out of the park when it comes to a character moving through a space, uh, when it comes to shadow and weight and um, real character to all of these. I mean, you saw that with the, uh, the Marvel versus DC stuff. Uh, it's not just um, characters up on the uh, screen. It is the characters that we know and love. And um, that's Peter Parker. That is Spider-Man up on screen. Gorgeous stuff and uh, well worth checking out. Uh, Stephen Byrne has done these uh, great pieces. And um, he's putting them up on his Twitter feed on a regular basis. Do check them out. It is Stephen Byrne, uh, 86, on Twitter. And not only that, but it's, it's all the different styles that he uh, puts up as well. Uh, well worth checking out. That is our artist of the day. Um, and definitely our, our cup of tea. Fantastic stuff indeed. Whew. Right. I think that's pretty much us. Um, thank you so much indeed for watching today. It's been a pleasure to bring uh, David Irwin to the show. Um, I didn't get into his comics, uh, into the convention stuff and how we could possibly see uh, heavy metal back at uh, conventions. But... Um, interesting to hear about the fact that um they're kind of wanting to support um bricks and mortar stores but they are also wanting to support their artists and creatives and by doing that it's a case of selling the books even if it's direct to uh, customer not direct to market direct to customer mailing out directly i think that's an interesting uh, perspective to show support to the artists and uh, writers above say for example showing uh, to uh, the bricks and mortar. I think that's interesting. But there we go. Um, thanks again to uh, David coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to him. It's also going to be a pleasure talking to our uh, other guests uh, that's going to be uh, taking place um, next week. Uh, because uh, if you have seen this and you're wondering um, what's coming up next for the rest of the month, 
um, we do actually have ourselves a bonus episode, which is going to be taking place this Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, of course, we've got ourselves our show with uh, Russ Burlingame from comicbook.com and Mike Avilia from Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, and on Sunday, 31st of May, next week, we've got Robin Jones and Mark Jackson joining us. Um, Robin Jones is an award-winning cartoonist. Mark Jackson, likewise, very much dealing with um, uh, the next generation of uh, readers. Uh, but also, Mark Jackson is um, an organizer of MacPal. Uh, so he's somebody who is going to be very interesting to talk to about the UK perspective of uh, the comic landscape. But the show that is going to be happening on Tuesday is an incidental episode. It's one of our uh, special drop-in, one-off shows. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Christopher Butcher. Uh, one of the first videos I put up on my uh, YouTube channel was uh, a panel recording at Lakes International Comic Art Festival uh, with David Lee O'Malley, uh, the creator of uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Christopher Butcher was his roommate. So it was two mates sat on a stage and basically shooting the shit. And it is a, it's a great panel if you get the chance to go back and have a look at uh, one of my earlier YouTube channel video po uh, posts. Uh, if you search for Brian Lee O'Malley uh, on An Englishman in San Diego. Um, it's a great panel. You'll get the idea of why I want to get Christopher Butcher on the episode because he is a fascinating bloke, uh, organizer of the TCAF, TCAF Festival. But the reason why we're talking to him on Tuesday uh, is because uh, the, the TCAF Festival also has a bricks and mortar store which supports and advertises and promotes the festival up in uh, uh, Toronto. Um, as it happens, like most bricks and mortar stores, it is very much struggling with what's um, happening in the world today. So they are running a crowdfunding and a uh, an effort to uh, keep that store going. He's going to be coming on the show mostly to talk about that, but we'll also talk to him about a couple of other uh, topics as well. We'll get into as much as we can. That's with Christopher Butcher. Incidental episode, that's this Tuesday, 26th of May. And next month, uh, already, we're starting to line up uh, the uh, the guest list for uh, next month. Uh, Louise Saul is going to be joining us, who is a um, uh, an excellent um, cosplay uh, advocate. She writes for a number of cosplay uh, magazines. She's uh, always putting up some fantastic photos. You'll see her at many UK con. Um, and Louise is just a, a fantastic uh, person to talk to. But um, we're also looking forward to the Sunday, uh, 7th of June. Fred Van Lente is going to be joining us. And back, uh, we're going to have a Tina Gann, a uh, long-term uh, friend of the, uh, the show. Going to be uh, interesting and uh, look forward to talking to Red Dot Diva again. Alex Patnadel um, is a writer who you'll have seen work for Boom Studios. He's done work with um, a lot of work with Vault at the moment because uh, Vault and uh, Alex are a very good fit indeed. Um, basically, it's going to be cool uh, to talk to Alex uh, because I see him very much as one of the next superstars of comics. Um, he's just an interesting guy. Uh, Rachel Hine from Nerdist, we're lining up an episode to talk to her. Um, we're basically lining up as many people as you can. If there's anybody that you want us to talk to, Drop us a line on social media, tag them into it, let them know that we exist, and let's see if we can get them on the show, because, uh, of course, it's all about who you would like to uh, see me talk to and who you can get your questions in to uh, on our uh, the, on Talking Con. Please do tag them in. Anyone that you would like us to see, you can tag them on Facebook, tag them on uh, Twitter, tag them wherever. Let them know that we're, uh, we're here on a Wednesday and a Sunday, and uh, hopefully we'll get them on on a future episode. That has been our show. Take care. Enjoy your uh, week. Uh, let's have a look at this. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, I'm not entirely sure what that comment means. Uh, Bunyan Snipe, I'm sure that DJ was going after Gary Oldman for the Traitor General. Okay, maybe I'm missing st uh, comments here. I'm not too sure what that's referring to. I'll leave the page. I'll leave this open for a couple uh, more seconds. Type in, please. What's that refer to? DJ? Am I, am I missing comments here? I think I probably am. Okay. Um, listen, stay safe. Wash your hands. Look after each other. Um, look after yourselves. And uh, let's see if we can get uh, to the other side of this. Um, I, yeah, I kind of forgot that we. I did mention at the top of the show. Oh, Duncan Jones, Rogue Trooper. Yes, of course. Um, sorry, I didn't know which DJ we were talking about. Duncan Jones, of course. Um 
Yeah, um, I think I'm going to have to bring this up maybe on Tuesday's show. Uh, basically, uh, we have got plenty of conventions which are still announcing that they're cancelling. We had the Star Fury uh, shows here in the UK. They did a live show on Friday, still talking about their postponing, still talking about shows which are scheduled, but uh, even the organiser doesn't feel that they're going to go ahead. They can't cancel yet because of uh, the agreements they've got with venue. And if they cancel now, they will be hit with a huge cancellation fee. So they're just holding off until they get closer to the date and they get the word from the uh, Department of Health where they have to close that particular show down. So you had uh, Star Fury talking about postponing of shows. We've already learned about lakes going online. Uh, we've heard about numerous shows across um, the US with one exception. Uh, we do have uh, a show which um, is at this point not only still going ahead, but also announcing various guests as well. Um, basically, Tampa Bay Comic Con uh, continues to be confirming guests, and uh, it's staggering to see how this particular show is going to continue to do, uh, possibly run on July 10th, 12th. Um, we are seeing um, the US opening up uh, we've seen um, various relaxations of the, the lockdown in the U.S. We're also seeing videos of uh, pool parties going off uh, in the U.S., which, um, oh, that's going to be uh, interesting to see where these spikes are coming from. But considering that they are booking the likes of Larry Welts, um, who did uh, Cherry Pop-Tart, and a whole bunch of uh, very um, cheeky comics, uh, certainly in the 70s and 80s, Walter Jones uh, from uh, uh, the Power Rangers, uh, you've got um, Jeremy Lee Taylor, uh, who um, uh, starred in It. Uh, you've got uh, Kel Mitchell, uh, who's going to be uh, who's confirmed uh, from uh, uh, Nickelodeon's all that. They are confirming guests, and I just find it very ballsy of them to do so at this date. July the 10th, July the 12th. I mean, it's safe to say that the last two months have been um, an eternity things can change on a dime. Um, how on earth uh, you can plan for a show that's happening in July at this point is awkward. Considering that the world stopped on a dime, we may get things back up and running by July. Shows like Tampa Bay could still go ahead, but in what shape or form? We've reached out to Tampa Bay uh, to hopefully get them on the show. Um, to talk about what the landscape of Tampa Bay could look like, what the, what a show post-pandemic in July could look like. We're hoping that we're going to get them on show. Um, Into the Blue Mister, indeed, in, surely travel insurance wouldn't allow such movement. Well, there is, I mean, we talked about this with um, uh, a couple of guests last week. There is domestic movement. There are flights going ahead. It's just people getting on. Uh, those flights and whether they're uh, brave enough to do so. These guests, by all accounts, they are. Uh, London Film and Comic Con are still advertising for the end of July. I'm thinking that maybe like a Star Fury setup, though, that they can't cancel at that venue at Olympia just yet. Who knows? Bunyan Snipe is reminding us Lawless was going to be going this weekend, but as far as I'm aware, yeah, I mean, that's that's no, that's just not happening at all. Uh, last week, uh, sorry, yeah, um, yeah, it was um, going to be going ahead, but um, it's just the way that uh, is going to be going. Andrew English is reminding us TF Nation, BM, uh, MCM Birmingham just cancelled. MCM Birmingham cancelled a week and a half ago, uh, but yeah, I have to wait nearer to the time to cancel my hotel. That's the kind of uh, setup it is. It's a case of seeing where the landscape is and what we can expect from these organisers. Tampa Bay interests me that they are being so bullish about putting on their show in July. Whether it still will, who knows. Okay, let's try that uh, closing of, up of the show again one more time. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Do take care. Once again, uh, do check out uh, these uh, great shows that we've got lined up. Tuesday, you'll be seeing a notification. If you hit subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, it's going to be at the R standard time, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. We're going to be talking to Christopher Butcher. Very interesting bloke. I think it'll be worthwhile checking in that show. 
Take care, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.